cobwebs in here find a way onto your boots. For a few weeks following my arrival, on Aragon's advice, I checked the room for lockers that might have opened up. None ever did. All those unused lockers needlessly tied up. This might not be a problem for the officers who drive to work from the north, but down south in the Bronx, I live there too, you don't want to advertise that you're a correction officer. Too many people around you have been in prison. Officers tend not to stick the big badge decals they pass out at the academy on their car windows, because they like their windows. And most, like me, don't want to walk the street wearing a uniform. It's just awkward. A locker lets you leave your uniform at work. My second month, I found one old lock that was so flimsy I could almost twist it off with my hands, but not quite. I brought in a small tire iron and it came off easily. Inside were plastic cups, magazine pictures of women in bikinis, and newspapers from 1983. I've since heard of a locker coming available in the administration building, but I'm not pursuing it. I've come to prefer it down here. The feel of neglect is somehow truer to the spirit of Sing Sing. It's barely fifteen minutes till line-up. I throw on my gray polyester uniform, making sure I've got all the things I need on my belt. Radio holder, latex glove packet, two key ring clips, baton ring. I put pen and pad, inmate rule book, and blue union diary in my breast pockets, slide my baton through the ring lock the padlock, and slam the locker door. I walk past a pile of old office desks and, by necessity, into the men's room. It smells like an outhouse. I sit down for the second time this morning. Every morning's like this, and it is for the other new guys, too. Your stomach lets you know, just before the shift starts, what it thinks of this job. A decrepit footbridge takes me over the tracks of the Metro North Railroad. Sing Sing may be the only prison anywhere with a commuter railroad running through it, and other officers start to appear. My climb continues up a wooden staircase that's been built atop a crumbling concrete one. Here is the administration building parking lot and the main entrance to the prison. Parked in the middle is the roach coach, purveyor of coffee and rolls. To the right is the entrance to the visit room, not yet open. To the left, officers are lined up, waiting to deposit their handguns at the outside window of the arsenal. For reasons lost to time, New York State correction officers are allowed to own and carry concealed weapons, and most seem to enjoy doing so. However, they can't bring the guns inside with them. Nobody's allowed to carry inside. And few of us have any doubt that prison is the safer for it. I take the last steps to the main gate and flash the badge and ID card I carry in a special wallet that I picked up at the academy. The officer takes a cursory peek inside my lunch bag, the contraband check. I punch my time card and proceed to the morning's worst moment, getting my assignment. The desk of Sergeant Ed Holmes is the focal point of the lineup room. It's on a raised platform in front of a window. From up there, Holmes can see everybody in the room and most of those ascending the front steps. His eyes are constantly scanning, never settling on any person or object for more than an instant, moving from an officer to the printout in front of him and back again. The printout tells him what jobs he'll need to fill, who's on his day off, who's got vacation, who's out sick, who's on suspension. He checks off old-timers as he sees them. They've chosen their jobs and know where they're going. It's the new guys, like me, who are at his mercy. Holmes is one of the tough black officers who've been here forever, a big man who seems to enjoy his distance from the rank and file. Several of his fellow white shirts spoke to us during orientation, mostly about how the institution runs. Holmes was different. He came only to warn. Don't fuck with me, he said, glancing at the back wall of the room. I'm going to give you your job assignment, and if you complain, I'll give you a worse one tomorrow. I have no patience. I'm not nice. Don't fuck with me. A few days later, a longtime officer advised me never to show Holmes I was scared, of him or anything else. Holmes feeds on weakness, she said. 
And now the line has moved, and I'm next, a small new officer before the mighty sergeant. I place my time card in front of him. He initials all the cards to prevent us from punching in for friends. And then he is uncharacteristically silent. Holmes hasn't decided what to do with me. Or maybe he's not thinking of me at all. Maybe his mind has wandered to his car or his electric bill or the movie he watched on TV last night. He riffles through his printout. Usually I'm sent to A Block or B Block. These are massive human warehouses, two of the largest prison housing units in the world, containing over a thousand inmates between them. I live for the exceptions. An easy day in the wall tower, the barber shop, or the hospital. That's the root of my dread, the hope for something else. 254 B Block, says Holmes finally, glancing to my left. Holmes could tell us the job instead of just the number, but if it's in the blocks, he won't. He wants to leave us guessing as if we're still at the academy. I turn and walk back among the 80-odd officers milling around the crowded room, looking for someone who might know what job 254 is.